We have our Lex Luthor. We have our first look at Agatha, and we have a new boss at Lucas Oil Film, along with everything you need to know about the universes you love right here on the Direct Podcast. Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the Vengeance. And I am... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome back to the official start of the holiday season here on the Direct Podcast. I am your co-host, the man of many Christmas cheers, Matt Rimke, and I'm joined as always by my friend, co-host, box office correspondent, senior editor at thedirect.com, Mr. David Thompson with a fresh Navy Braves hat. I dig it. Thank you, dude. I love this hat, actually. It's like a, I don't know what brand this is. It has like the 47 on the side. I don't know if that's, that's the, the brand, brand right there, my guy. <laughs> I like 47. It's got a nice soft feel to it. Perfect fit for me, obviously. I've got kind of a big head, so I got to I gotta loosen it up a little bit. But uh, the Braves had a very quick outing in the playoffs this year. Uh, but it was fun. My first year living here in Atlanta, like we went to a game and they had a really good season. Otherwise, um, I... That's- before the season, bought an Acuna shirt, like a jersey uh-huh. shirt. That ended up working out. That was a great buy. I'm like, oh, this guy's awesome. Uh, but yeah, rocking the hat, representing Atlanta. Recovering was just, speaking of Atlanta, was just in Florida uh, for Thanksgiving, seeing family. So it's been a very busy last week since I've seen you, Matt. It feels like it's honestly, it's been like a month since I've seen you because a lot's happened with me in that time but i hope everyone listening had a wonderful thanksgiving you know spent some time with their friends and family watched a lot of football it was wonderful in my main fantasy league uh that i'm the commissioner of we have a rivalry week rivalry and uh it was this week and it was Mm -hmm. awesome because it was like thursday friday boom get to watch college football on saturday and then sunday my my week came crumbling down i even know even though i had kyron williams you know didn't work out for me. I even though I put up a lot of points, didn't work out for me. But that's okay. The Colts won. Matt, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And how's life? It's good, man. Since the last time we spoke, my mom, stepdad, little brother, and uncle flew into town. We went to the Redwoods. We went to Santa Cruz Boardwalk. We saw the sunset. We did Thanksgiving. And they've left since then. So it, it has, it legit has felt like it, it feels like it's been two, three weeks since the last time we spoke. Like it's been a marathon. Yeah. Uh, the Colts won, which was great. There's something, and you know, there's probably four people listening. Shout out Ben Stafford, um, who care about what I'm about to say. But when the Colts finish a game on a strip sack, there's a fuel of nostalgia in my heart that goes off. You know what I mean? Like, what a Colts way to end a football game, man. Absolutely. Vintage stuff. Um, We even got a Dwight Franey shout out on Monday Night Football last night, which was fun. Um, (laughs) Crazy week of football. I didn't win a single bet. Not a one. Not a one. But it is 12.52 p.m. Pacific time, the year of our Lord, 2023, November 27th, and Ohio State still sucks. So that's a great (laughs) thing. That's good for everybody involved. Um, God, I hate them. Um, so much fun to watch that's funny we're here we got a lot of news to cover david we got some big castings we got our first look at an upcoming mcu project and we got a big draft we got a very big draft today and i don't mean big as far as like size or weight like you know i feel colossal no i'm talking five picks four teams 20 
things will get drafted today. It's huge. It's going to be a draft. Big draft. It's going to be big. And uh, just quick shout out in the coming weeks, we will have um, our end of the year series will kind of begin. We'll, you know, we, we have one movie review with Aquaman, which is going to be a really fun one to do. And um, other than that, we will have our state of the MCU, which we'll look at the MCU, but also Marvel, Sony Marvel. It's all kind of one thing now, right? Um, oh, God. We'll, we'll take a look at that universe. We'll take a look at the state of Star Wars and check in on a galaxy far, far away. And we'll also do the state of DC as the reboot comes. And we'll do that along with our Aquaman review. Um, so check out for those episodes near uh, throughout the month of December. And then, of course, dropping January 1st, the direct awards where we'll look back at 2023 and we'll crown some champions, David. Some superlatives will be given out. It's a very fun time. But for right now, let's focus on the now. Let's focus on the here. Let's focus on the news. Everything you need to know about the universes you love. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. All right, David. James Gunn is building a new DC universe. And, of course, he is starting with Superman and Superman Legacy. Your boy, your man, your claim to fame, David Corden Sweat, has been cast as Clark Kent. And we now have the Yang to Clark's yin, the peanut butter to his jelly, the black to his white, ladies and gentlemen. Nicholas Holt will be playing Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy, according to Deadline. David Thompson, Nicholas Holt, a man of many auditions, a man who has been named for almost every big comic book role over the past three or four years. He is your Lex Luthor. Not not projected to be the main villain of this first movie, but obviously uh, a cog in the Superman machine moving forward. Your overall thoughts to Nicholas Holt finally landing the big role, Lex Luthor. Yeah, I was honestly surprised. Obviously, the rumor was that he was in the running for not only Superman, this latest Superman legacy casting, but also for the Batman. And Robert Pattinson won that, um, which is so funny that now he's got Lex Luthor. And people were quick to mention on Twitter how he really is living that Lex Luthor life he's already living the arc of lex luther in many ways trying to be <laughs> right that hero trying to be that person and now he is turning into the villain i think it's really cool that it feels like he's being cast as lex luther not only in superman legacy but in the dcu like you mentioned i think this is going to be a movie yeah. that does not focus on lex but he will be a part of the film right he is going to be a, a part of it and maybe he's not going to be super villainous to start off we will see how what James Gunn's plans are. One funny note on this is that he is still in talks, quote unquote, like Gunn hasn't actually mentioned Holt yet, which is really fascinating because he confirms everything else. But it's it's clear that this one is just it's getting there. It will happen. It seems like a pretty sure thing. Um, but for the choice for Nicholas Holt as an actor and Lex Luthor and what that mix is going to be. I'm excited. I mean, I like Nicholas Holt quite a bit in like everything I've seen him in. I think the most recent thing that's new, I skipped Renfield. I saw the menu and I don't, that is definitely not a Lex Luthor role of any kind, but he's got the chops. He's got the ability to get there. And this is a young core. This is a young group of actors that I feel like could really lead the way into a future DC universe. And honestly, I mentioned it over on Twitter when this news came out, how, I love I love Jesse Eisenberg. 
he was not a good Lex Luthor. And Lex Luthor was a horribly written character within the DCEU. So literally oh. anything could be better. And this, under James Gunn's tutelage, I feel it like could be so great. Especially with this long game approach, it seems like they're taking. That gets me even more excited, where there's going to be some patience happening here, right? Lex will not be the main protagonist, it seems like, but he will be there. He will, There's going to be a lot of establishing in this universe and kind of getting to know a lot of heroes and villains and characters that we all know from the comics that are already established in this universe that Gunn's going to quickly introduce to us. So Nicholas Holt, I think it's a big win. I think he's a pretty good name for this. It was funny in the report they mentioned now, this is kind of the bigger name of the group. And honestly, when I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, he is the bigger name. I mean, you know, this dude's been in X-Men. He's been in some bigger things. He's definitely a notable actor and one that's on the rise. So I think this was a great snag for Warner Brothers, DC, and hopefully the amazing character that James Gunn has written. Amy Adams is 50 years old. Yeah. She looks fantastic. She She's looks great. good. She's delightful. I know that because I was just looking up the ages <laughs> of the original DCEU cast. Oh, at the yeah. time of their casting. It's similar, you know? I think, right? Well, it's it's interesting. because So Affleck, Affleck was in his 40s when the DCEU started, but that pairs with a uh, older grizzled Batman, right? Um, Cavill was the youngest by far in his late 20s when he was cast, um, probably 30 when the movie came out. Yeah, um, I think around there. It is. Um, and then, you know, obviously Ezra Miller was very young at the time. Uh, and I didn't get to look up Momoa, but between Holt, Brosnahan, and um, Corn Sweat, who, yeah. you know, that's before we get Batman, that's kind of the big three of the DCU right now you know that's the smallville trio at least you know lois lane clark kent lex luther nobody over 33 you know everybody in their early early 30s um so yeah. it, you're right it is a young core i think you hit the nail on the head it's so funny that um nicholas holt has been seemingly reportedly we don't really know but reportedly probably yeah. so close to so many different big roles in dc projects um you know batman but also you know superman and then there was a couple other fringe roles obviously he had the x-men run um and he's been so close but never quite gets it. it it feels like he's built to be lex Luthor and play off that resentment a little bit which you know he, he probably won't take too much from that but it's there's going there's going to be something behind it a little bit if yeah. they do the lex yeah. is jealous of clark thing I feel like we're going to feel it because we know that about Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Um, I'm like you. I've uh, I've seen I know him primarily from X-Men. Um, I I remember him very vividly from Mad Max because he's the, the the crazy screaming guy throughout the most of that movie. Um, right. Nux, I think. And then um, Renfield and The Menu are the most recent things I saw him in. Two very similar roles, kind of um, conserved, doing the Nicholas Holt thing, right? Menu. I think was a haunting performance by him. You know, just a complete lunatic that turns into this, you know, mind mush fan. Um, yeah, he showed his chops in that one, I would say. I, I, I think, think so. Holt really showed his chops where post menu, like Anya Taylor Joy was already on that trajectory. I think he almost kind of maybe didn't catch up, but was like, oh, wow, you know, this guy can really act. And I'm curious even outside of Lex Luthor, what he's going to do next. But clearly, he, he is going the universe fandom blockbuster. IP blockbuster route, which 
Good for you, dude. For, you were in the X-Men, <laughs> were, was a forgettable beast, I would say. And now you have to be Lex Luthor, the, who could end up being the definitive Lex like of this generation. Like That's badass. And unlike Cavill with Corn Sweat, who has this giant fan base that's like, there's this toxicity. I feel like no one's really like crying over Eisenberg moving on from Lex Luthor or not nearly as much, obviously, as Cavill leaving as Superman. So he can real people can really, I think, quickly grow to love him even after Legacy if it is more of a supporting role. Eisenberg's Lex Luthor would have been really good in the Raimi verse. That's that's the movie that Eisenberg thought he was going to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's lost in a diff- that. just in a different movie, man. It was crazy. But um. Yeah. I say all that to say, can he turn on that that uh, you know villain switch? Can villain. he can he get the audience to not like him? You know what I mean? Because the menu, I think you know, you're right that that was a trajectory movie for him. Such an eerie movie from start to finish. He adds so much to that. So he definitely has a presence, even when he's not the main character. Which I would say he's the third character in that movie by far. You know, very very far behind Ralph Fiennes and on on his Taylor Joy. He made a very big impact adding to the tone of that movie. So I think that that was big for him getting this. I'm I'm excited to see what he does. We're not done yet, David. We're not done with the Superman legacy news. Here we go. Skylar Gizondo of the Righteous Gemstones um, is cast as Jimmy Olsen. So we now have our sidekick. We now have our Jimmy Olsen, um, somebody who was very different in the DCEU. We've barely there. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta watch the director's cut. David, oh, you obviously didn't. See the director's I cut. have seen the director's uh, cut. Still barely there, but yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, and so handsome. Um, but yeah, uh, Skylar Cassando, not familiar really at all. But everybody seems hyper excited about this casting. It seems, um, along the same vein of the corn sweat. Man, this kid looks like Jimmy Olsen. You yes, know? and dude, I'm pumped about this one. So, have you seen Book Smart? Uh, uh, my wife has. Okay. So, so I've, seen, I've seen it peripherally. Okay. Great movie. Check it out. Watch it start to finish. It's an, it's an awesome movie. Olivia Wilde's best work by a mile. Anyway, it's my wife's, it's Jasmine's like favorite movie of all time. And this kid, Skylar Gazondo is fucking hilarious in it. Like when he has this little tiny role, but he is, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to probably steal this movie. Not, not steal it entirely. But he's going to steal those scenes because you can totally see it. The sense of humor. He's totally there for for laughs. I haven't really seen him do any real dramatic work, but he is really funny. And it is a like perfect fit for Jimmy Olsen. Like when this came out, there was a there was a ton of speculation, major like fan casting for him. But it's because it's kind of obvious. Like he really is. He's a kid actor, too. You've seen him and stuff when he was like little. He, he's been in a bunch of stuff when he was like a little kid. Um, and now he's kind of growing into this, you know, I think he's in his probably mid to late 20s at this point, which is so funny to say. And now he's Jimmy Olsen. And I think he's going to rule this role. I can't wait. I know exactly where I've seen him. I know exactly where the hell I've seen him. He's at the dinner table at the, at the 190th floor of a New York Manhattan skyscraper uh, telling us what Branzino is. That's right. Has him, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the he's the sarcastic asshole brother at the end of the table. And when the dad believe... flips out, he goes, "What'd you say, Dad?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's like 20, 27 years old right. playing Jimmy Olsen. It's gonna oh, be man. I. 
you yeah he's uh he's perfect fit like he's gonna have i cannot wait you mentioned like the trio now um with lex the trio at the planet with corn sweat and brosnahan and this kid Mm -hmm. oh my gosh like this is it's with james gunn at the helm man my excitement level just keeps going higher and higher so that's so that's the element of superman that you really gotta nail right to make everything else matter is the clark side of things and yeah that it, in my opinion the thing that man of steel and batman versus superman do a very poor jar, job of is making me feel like clark exists without superman mm, you know what i mean mm-hmm. like small obviously smallville's different because that's what that show is but so we got bras and hand and corn sweat you know a lot of chemistry um potential there you bring in this kid who's a perfect fit you know who the next big piece is to really sink in the clark kent side of this coin Who's Perry White? Yeah. Who is uh, breaking news? Water. What? The greatest line <laughs> in DCEU history. Who is it going to be? It's very exciting. Uh, also, in other news, uh, Sarah Sampaio. Uh, may- maybe saying that right. I don't know. Maybe. Sarah Sampaio has been cast as Eve Teskmacher, um, who's Lex Luthor's assistant. I don't know much about this woman, but boy, is she attractive. Let me tell you. She's I mean, a Victoria's Secrets model. Wow. Yeah. And I guess this character, it was originally uh, created by Donner with the original Superman movies, Fun. like not even originally from the comics. So it. it'll be cool. I mean, it's cool that she's really getting like a full announcement. It kind of shows these castings kind of just give us a glimpse of like what they mm-hmm. made with this movie, of like what yeah. it's going to be. So clearly she's going to have some kind of role, like, a you know, a speaking role of some kind. I'm sure very marginal, but it will be there. And it kind of maybe maybe Lex is like a hothead. You know, it's like, why do we have this assistant being this big role or or there is, you know, um, that like uh, Lex, I guess, has had like an affair with her before in like previous like okay. projects, the comics or something like that. So maybe that's a part of the story as well. Who knows? She but, could be a vehicle to show why Lex is a bad guy. Something like that. Right. Because yeah, in exactly. front of Clark, we're going to see the other side of it. Right. Yeah. That's probably exactly what it is. Right. She looks like one of those fake people. You know, you she look does. at her and you're like, she, you don't look real. You don't look like a real human being. And you imagine she was cast in this role like that. There will be something to that. Right. Where sure. it's like she's like maybe even Lex would make a comment about it. She will not be hiding in the background of any scene. She's, <laughs> she's, she's something. I, right. I hope she's a great actress. I have no idea. Um, shout out Sophia Vergara, the greatest model actress of all time. Um, here we go. Heading into the red brand, heading into the Marvel side of things. we got some breaking news. So I'm going to go to that first. Yeah. David. Michael Waldron, friend of the show um friend of the show he was great with us um i got to he was my first big interview here on the direct podcast very exciting stuff um michael waldron who wrote loki season one which was incredible dr strange in the multiverse of madness which is mixed he um has been tapped already to write avengers secret wars but now it's been confirmed by deadline that he will be writing avengers kang dynasty so a couple things to break apart here one david quickly your thoughts michael waldron now Back to back, he's going to be writing the next Avengers. He's going to just do part one and two. You know, they're not going to split it up anymore. Thoughts? I think that's a good idea. I think mm-hmm. it speaks to the new idea that these are going to be more of a part one, part two than it was originally going to be. Um, and there also leads to maybe a name change of some kind. We'll see. You know, I, I think Waldron, um, it's a it's a good choice in that sense, right? To kind of keep things consistent. And I'm curious, clearly there are elements of the story he's written for Secret Wars that now they just want to make Avengers part one and part two. More prominent. Yeah, exactly. And 
if I had to choose an element, it'd be a, you know, Southern Eastern guy with a metal face and a green cape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would go down that route, maybe. I mean, this this just feels Killian like... Murphy, uh, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like... David. It feels like <laughs> leaning in a little bit to the Doctor Doom idea of it all. Um, you know, this is all speculation and hearsay, but it just feels like that a little bit more than right. maybe... Um, um, who was writing King Dynasty that just got let go? I completely forget. Oh, I forget. I forget too. Well, um, Man, that's sad. I'm really sorry to whoever. I don't. Did. I'm not sure the writer, but the the director obviously just left. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but there was also a writer that just got switched. Anywho, Michael oh, Walter. Oh, Jeff Jeff Loveness. Jeff Lo- Jeff Loveness. That's exactly who it was. Yes. Yeah. Um. Quantumania. It feels. Yeah, and and he is more of the Kang guy, right? Waldron, ah, more of the point. multiverse guy. That's more of the point. like true multiverse guy. He laid the groundwork with Loki. He did the follow up with Multiverse of Madness. He's executive producer on Loki season two. He feel it feels like we're just going to be digging the roots in a little more. Hey, oh, um, it makes all the sense in the world to have the same person write the, those two movies. It's just it's always felt like a part one, it part does. two. It's always been weird that they are being released so back to back with the separation of writers and directors and nobody working at the you know on the same thing. Um, this just feels more Alvin Silvestri esque. Obviously, not to that level, but it just it feels more like he is going to cohesively write this thing out. And I'm excited because he's been my guy since day one. I think he's really talented. I think my issues with Multiverse Madness has nothing to do with the writing; it has all to do with the direction. So, you know, who he gets paired with is going to be the next big question. Who's going to fill that role? Sam Raimi's name is flying around a little bit. Another conversation for another time. I um, mean. Yeah, it would be interesting if they're trying to re like reconnect those two. I mean, multi that just seems weird to me from a business perspective in terms of Multiverse of Madness was a big box office hit, but it wasn't really this big like critical hit. And I think it'd be surprising if they got the same writer and director to do Doctor Earth to do Kang Dynasty or whatever this movie's gonna end up being when it wasn't the biggest success in the world. You know, mm-hmm. you could argue that that movie did damage to the MCU brand because so many people went and saw that opening weekend and maybe we're let down like you opened with we're mixed by the way one really quick i guess that um jeff loveness was never really like officially reported on that he was leaving it was like a rumor mill thing and what's rider strike right and then what's odd about this is like in the deadline article where this comes from with michael waldron not one mention of him man interesting kind of strange yeah, but oh, strange! Like Strange. Who's writing and directing Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange Three? three. Yeah. That's the biggest question. <laughs> That's really That's the big question. Too. So I'm like, so they're gonna, yeah, they're they're gonna get a whole new team for that, but they're gonna use the same team for Kang Dynasty. Like, where's the no. logic? I don't no know. Way. But I do think one quickly on Waldron, just for a second, is like, I think he makes sense if they liked his Secret Invasion script or or his ideas, and he the has worst. an idea of what's going on. He wrote Loki season one. Mm-hmm. He wrote Multiverse of Madness. I feel like he is someone within the Marvel Studios umbrella that actually can pull this thing together because he's been writing a lot of this crazy, wacky, multiversal content so far. You check out, we're on wax with this for years now. You check out our Multiverse of Madness primer and our early, what year was that, 21? 22, 22 is when it came out, yeah. 22. So check out our early 22 episodes. We have been ahead of this actually for a minute that Michael Waldron feels like Kevin Feige's guy. 
you know, mm. because he did write the, you know, the prequel to Multiverse of Madness with Loki, and he got to follow it up right away. That's a question I asked him when I interviewed him, is what's it like to be able to, like, tee yourself up, really, you know, off the backboard, self-dunk, alley-oop, Jason Richardson. And it's a really <laughs> interesting concept. It's also something to think about when the Feige Star Wars rumors were really big. Who is his guy? Michael yes. Walker. Yeah. You know, so mm. this really, this feels like a, you know, pay your guys, cement your path. It always felt weird that it was divided. It feels more right now. This feels yeah. good. This feels very exciting. The director is going to be key here because Michael Waldron, I think, needs a really good director. I think he needs a really good director to showcase his intricate, weird thoughts in a more subtle way than Sam Raimi did. I, you know, for lack of a longer conversation. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting. Doctor Strange 3 becomes a really weird project now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm in a project that's unannounced that you we just assume is coming. Maybe they just more maybe they more so just mix his that story into the first Avengers, right? Maybe they, he's they, the lead of Kang Dynasty. Yeah, and maybe they just kind of they resolve what's happening in Kang mm -hmm. Dynasty instead of making his own movie, instead of instead of spreading things out more, which is what they've been doing, right? Maybe they try to consolidate a bit more, maybe wrap up more of these storylines within an Avengers film instead of another sequel. Playing a Tony role in Age of Ultron, where like obviously it's mm -hmm. an Avengers movie, but Tony really was the catalyst of the plot in that movie. Um I'd get behind that because I think Doctor too. Strange in many ways is the only one really set up for that kind of a role, right? The second. It's one of the reasons I hate where we ended Multiverse of Madness is because such a lame thing that the whole movie is about Doctor Strange, you know, always getting his way no matter what he does, always breaking the rules. He's the biggest threat to the multiverse, not Scarlet Witch, yada, yada. What happens at the end of the movie? He fucked up. Who cares? Nobody, including him. Um, so that stinks that we the next time we see Strange, we have to deal with that baggage, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so that lessens my excitement of that being a part of an Avengers movie. But again, we're talking too long on this. This feels like something we should talk more about in our state of the Marvel state of the MCU um, episode coming out here in a couple weeks. Agatha Darkhold Diaries. Is that the title? I'm not sure. I thought it was Covenant of Chaos until yesterday. So Agatha Darkhold Diaries, the WandaVision spinoff show. Um, starring Catherine Hahn, Jack Schaefer, who's the head writer for WandaVision, is back as head writer and executive producer for Dark Old Diaries. We got our first look in a featurette. Um, it looks like more WandaVision, which is a beautiful thing. And Catherine Hahn feels very excited for the role. Those are my thoughts. David, yours. Mine are quick, too. I think it looks like, like you said, a nice spinoff, I would say, of WandaVision. I, it was interesting how they, you know, Catherine Hahn's like, Spinoff of WandaVision, it just makes sense, you know. And you know, Jack Schaefer back doing it. I think it'll She's be a good, I think it'll be a good time. I think I don't think it's gonna be as big of a hit as WandaVision, but I think those that are big fans of WandaVision are gonna be delighted when this uh series comes out. Can't wait to see more of Aubrey Plaza. You see her like kind of hooded from the side very, very briefly in the little featurette. But I can't wait to see what that character is. And I can't wait to see what this movie's about, or not movie, but a uh, series is about. Obviously, I think it's gonna dive more into her being a witch. Uh, seems to still be in Westview. That's the name of the town, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. Westview. So I'm curious. It's one of those things. Like I'm excited for this one. I have so much faith because of the talent. Whereas the storyline and what it means for the MCU, those questions, I don't really care so much about. I'm more excited about who's in it and what the actual story and show is going to be. What that story is going to be telling us. 
presentation is going to be big here too. Is it a spotlight project? Is it released all at once? What is the format of this? And is this going to be, as I've predicted, is this going to be another step toward dividing the essential from the non-essential in the MCU? And I think that it could be a big strike toward that. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to watch Darkhold Diaries, but man, it's here if you want it. And um, yeah, Agatha really a success story as far as like breakout side characters from Phase Four. Um, you know, we had a Eternals, a movie full of quote unquote side characters that none of them really have broken out. WandaVision between Monica and Agatha, we got two. Um, yeah, it's exciting stuff. The last bit of news before we move on to mm-hmm. our draft: a new. Chief creative officer has been named at Lucasfilm, and his name is Dave Filoni. Um, he has been promoted to CCO, similar role to what James Gunn and Kevin Feige do at their respective studios. Um, Filoni will be creative, Kennedy will still be business. Uh, Kat and Dave, you know, that's Star Wars over the past five, six, seven, ten years. And uh, Dave Filoni cemented as the new Kevin Feige of Star Wars. David, your galaxy far, far away thoughts. I think this makes sense. I think this is a cool promotion for Dave Filoni. It tells me that he is going to obviously now be in more of a role of overseeing movies, right? Overseeing overseeing the the big picture. I feel like Dave Filoni has always been giving the, been given these projects that is not the big picture, and he has worked within that big picture and made stories within that big picture. And now he's going to have some real creative control of the whole timeline, the whole Star Wars and a galaxy far, far away. Look, Baloney, I really trust him. I don't think everything he's touched has been perfect. You know, like all this stuff on Disney Plus hasn't all been amazing. But the real Filoni stuff that you can just tell is just oozing with uh, whatever he writes about. And all of the things and characters that he cares about in Star Wars has always been excellent. Like Rebels is such a good show. And you can just see Filoni throughout that. So I think it is smart to get someone in there that can have more of a central vision even if in Star Wars, you can tell stories whenever, you know, you can just bounce around here and there. But I think Filoni being at the top of it is a smart move. I'm excited for it. Obviously, this is not a Kathleen Kennedy is still there and it'll be interesting to see what their plans are for the future. And I think things will get more concrete under Filoni, hopefully. And clearly, this is also, once again, another move for getting us back into theaters with Star Wars and maybe having a little bit more, I don't know, vision uh, with what we're going to be doing, not only on Disney Plus, but in theaters. And I don't know, it's sort of like Marvel. Like, do we need to be making all of these TV shows? And what should we be putting in theaters? Where, unlike Marvel, that's been, you know, is pushing everything out and out and out. Star Wars just stopped cold turkey with films, and now they're just getting back to it. So we'll see. I'm excited for what this means, and I'm excited for how it'll actually translate to the projects we see. And if we will really, as fans, feel that, right, feel that kind of guiding hand by Filoni in the next five, ten years. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things couldn't have happened to an extra guy. I mean, Dave Filoni, just a Star Wars super fan, oh, got, yeah. in the, got in the right spot to actually be able to create for that universe, did so well that he was given the keys to this Disney Plus thing. Um, and this is the reward. This is, you know, one of the best success stories in our realm, I guess, that we can talk about. It's always fun. Dave Filoni, he's in the Triangle of Trust, you know, Foggy, Favreau, Filoni. That's that's what we do on this podcast. You know, we go all in and, um, you know, we got James Gunn in there and we got uh, 
Oh gosh, um, and or Gilroy, Tony Gilroy. Yeah, him? Tony Gilroy. That's the Gil- that's the guy. We gotta get another Marvel guy in there, man. Soon, <laughs> <laughs> James Gunn jump ship. <laughs> um, it's funny. <laughs> um, is it Matt Shackman? We'll find out. Twenty twenty five. Um, a quick winner loser here. David winner obviously is the people who are a fan of what's been happening in Star Wars, which is us and a bunch of other people. Uh, this Mandoverse thing they're building with Ahsoka, I think, is on a really good track, and I'm really excited to see what they do with it moving forward. Quick yeah. loser, people who wish Star Wars maybe did more original stuff, and it's right. you know I guess if you were to find a con with Dave Filoni, it would be that what he's best at is also the only thing he's ever really done. And what he's best at is playing within the Star Wars sandbox and filling the cracks of the Star Wars lore that's been put in front of him the most engaging and exciting way possible with Clone Wars doing that with the prequels, Rebels, Mandalorian, uh, Ahsoka doing it with the sequels, finding the best way to enhance Star Wars as it is. That does not leave, and it's not to say that he's ever failed at expanding beyond that. We've just never seen it. We've never seen him do something new. Yeah. And uh, Skeletor is going to come out and you know seemingly be the next new thing with Star Wars, um, uh, the same way Mandalorian was, just completely unattached from the Skywalker saga. But um, this, to me, tells me that you know their immediate focus is to really get this Mandoverse thing with what we assume is a Thrawn movie. Uh, with you know the Avengers style Mandoverse movie that we're getting from Dave Filoni himself, um, they're hoping to really land that bird and then have Filoni build out from there. Um, so that's interesting. It's exciting. Um, that that first Star Wars movie back is going to be huge. Oh my god, it's just going to be Massive. huge. And and for so many reasons, you know, box office wise, Star Wars back in theaters, yada yada yada. What's it going to look like? What's it yeah. going to feel like? Is there going to be a scroll? Is it going to be a Skywalker saga movie? Is it not? You know, we really just don't know what Skywalker, uh, what Star Wars and theaters will look like in the future. We've yeah. seen a lot of examples of what it could be. It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. And I'm excited to get to it. So, yep, David, that's our news. Very exciting stuff. For more information on everything we've discussed and also any other story going on, make sure to check out the direct dot com for right now let's get into it let's get into first time in a while the direct draft what if i told you we were putting a team together ladies and gentlemen welcome in welcome on and welcome back to the direct draft first time in a long time david we're we're back to drafting you know the the actor's strike stops the writer's strike stops and now we don't have anything to review you know ain't that life so it goes say <laughs> la vie we are here with the direct draft. I'm here. David's here. And we are joined by two very special guests for a very special draft. Let's introduce the first man, first frequent guest on this podcast, a machine at the direct.com. You know him. You love him. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Nebens. Nebens, how are we doing, buddy? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. As always, love being here. Uh, my last podcast is a 32-year-old shutter. Uh, hey, got my birthday in a couple days, so <laughs> happy to be here for my birthday week. Absolutely. Me and Evan's always holding it down for the older side of the direct.com. All these kids, man, they got to get taught sometimes. They got to get it. taught. And sometimes I bring these people on and think I'm going to teach them, but other times I get somebody coming on and they teach me. And the next guest is somebody who has kind of made that their thing here on the direct podcast. <laughs> uh, it's been way too long. 
It's been way too long. An early old school frequent guest of the Direct Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, John Roth Bradford himself, the return of the JRB. JR, how are we doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am doing great. I'm very happy to be back. You're right. It has been far too long, and I'm very excited to be drafting with you guys again. It's exciting stuff. Uh, I'm here with a bunch of editors. You know what I mean? I'm here with a bunch of people who know how bad I am at grammar. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. David, my favorite thing about this combo right here. All right. Richard Nevins, I'm not sure, has ever said a crossword about anybody ever. You know, (laughs) the nicest guy I've ever met. Right. ARB has handed me an actual clown nose on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Al Pacino might be Mephisto. And, and, you know, I got a clown nose. He handed it. It was strange. It was strange. It was a good time. Dude, that was way back. That was way back direct. That was way, way back. Crazy. That might be before David even started here. It was. It was when Liam was still co-hosting. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Predates the David. Yeah. Wow. No one predates the David. We are the David. (laughs) Um, I'm here with three of my favorite brains in the business, and we have a big draft in honor of Pedro Pascal going from Game of Thrones to Star Wars to DC to now Marvel with Mr. Fantastic in honor of Nicholas Holt being the other beast and now moving on to the DC side as Lex Luthor. We will be drafting actors who have played roles in multiple universes that we love. That means every Marvel universe, every DC universe, and every Star Wars universe you can imagine. Anybody who has crossed streams with different cinematic universe is on the board. We're going to be talking about their specific roles here in these universes. So I don't want to hear any Oscar-nominated performances from any of these people. We're talking about different characters and different universes david your favorite cinematic universe that we will be talking about today what would that be marvel for sure marvel. which one there's so many of them oh <laughs> we got foxman we got rainy verse for sure i guess we'll, we'll go with the rainy verse uh we don't wow. have a ton from the rainy verse but they are there <laughs> and they are on my big board and i hope i get them today if if we get there we'll see the the list the whole big board Honest to God, you could go for like 120 of these names. There's a ridiculous amount of these people. I'm looking at a nice, tight 20 to 25 list that I really want. And yeah, I've got a a few of them are from the Raimiverse. I'm excited to draft them. How about that? Nevin's your favorite universe that we'll be drafting today. It's going to be a tried and true pick, but I got to go with the MCU. You know, I've been around for 15 years. I still am looking forward to everything coming. Rocking my Deadpool shirt for the next Always. movie coming out. And uh, yeah, it, we've had a, hit a rough, rough patch in 2023, but hopefully things will be able to re, be reset. And we are looking forward to the future with the MCU. Nebin's hated the Marvels. You heard it here first. Um, JRB. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you an MCU project I wasn't a fan of, but it wasn't the Marvels. <laughs> I'm with you. JRB, you don't get to draft Robert Downey Jr. in this one. How does that make you feel? Mm, yeah, everyone knows I'm an Iron Man guy through and through. So MCU would probably be my top pick for universes. But um, I, what I came to find was I might be a, a secret DC universe stand. A lot of my picks are uh, on the DC side of things. And I, I think that uh, a lot of these names are 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 going to be from DC. Yeah, I think that the, the DC flavor in this draft is going to be my favorite thing to dive into. I think it's going to be fun because 
we it's been the least consistent of these universes, good or bad. So it'll be interesting to see who we pick out from there. We have the order in a random list gener- generator right here. I'm we'll be randomizing it. David, what spot am I getting? You will be getting the fourth overall pick as you do in every draft. Every single one. We hit random. No way. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. first overall, Richard Nevin. Second overall, Matt Rimke. Nice. Third overall, oh. David Thompson. And JRB gets the snake. We got you Ooh, at the turn, JR. Wow. How are we feeling about that? I feel good. I, I get to go back to back on these picks. I, it'll feel bad sitting through, you know, six or seven names in a row, but I'm liking it. Couldn't agree more, but I'm very excited I'm not last. <laughs> I think that might that honestly, you, Matt. someone who just has a lot of time on their hands, not me. I think in 2023, that might be the <laughs> first one, the first draft so. where you have not gotten the last pick. I, there may be one other, maybe one other. But other than that, I think this is the only other time. If there's yeah. another, I can't think of a much like the direct podcast. We're doing a lot more than we used to. So we're doing less drafts. Um, yeah. Direct.com, I mean. Anyway, Nevins, you're going to kick us off. Big draft. 20 actors will be drafted today. You're going to kick us off with the first overall pick in the multi-universe draft who you got all right well i was actually this one i was actually really hoping to get the first pick in this draft and and kind of thank god i did because i have this draft is tough we've been talking about this the whole time very tough to draft after like the first pick or two but since i do have the first pick this is a very easy choice for me and i am going with probably one of the masters of hollywood andy circus um he is very big. Here's my thinking with Andy Circus. There's a lot of people that have really big roles in one or two universes, but Andy Circus has very important roles in all three of the ones that we are drafting today. Yes. He is Ulysses S. Claw in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Still sore about what they did to him, the Black Panther. I will never go so off that hill. So great. Um, Star Wars, he has two major roles. He is Snoke obviously in episode seven and episode eight and he is one of the biggest parts of everybody's favorite star wars project of 2022 possibly ever star wars and or as kino loy and he now has alfred pennyworth under his belt thanks to matt reeves the batman universe and he's gonna be coming back for the batman too i would assume so and not to mention i know this doesn't count for the draft he is also Gollum in lord of the rings so that does play a little bit into it as a little bit of an extra aside. I know Lord of the Rings doesn't count for this draft, but I will throw that in there. So I got to go Andy Circus for my top pick. Caesar, Planet of the Apes. We can keep going if you yeah, really want Caesar. to. Caesar. JR, big you know reaction it. from you. Surprise 101? I, you know what? I'm just going to sit tight because I still have my first pick. And um, I, I got to say, I wasn't expecting Andy Circus to go one overall. So, uh, no, a great pick. I couldn't agree more with anything you, with, with, with anything you said, but um, I'm just hanging on to my first pick. I love that for you. I've just got to um, speak to the fact that I love the pick. Love the pick. He he was circled on my list. I wanted Circus because he's he is a great universe pick. Like truly for this draft, there may not be a better one. So I I appreciate that pick. And it's funny you mentioned Richard. You wanted that first overall pick. To me, I could go seventeen directions with where I want to go here. And I think that's gonna be I think it's gonna be the story of this draft. I feel like some of us might yeah. weigh things a little bit differently. I think we might appreciate some performances. Like the way we weigh performances is going to vary a lot. I know between some of us probably. And I think this is so just 
wide open for the next pick and the next pick throughout this entire thing. Um, but God, that is a good one off the board. And that was one where JRB kind of nailed it. I didn't expect the number one. I'm like, ooh, maybe second round, third round, like maybe a surprise mm. pick. There right. goes my surprise pick. There goes my like. I was going purely leader. by this draft. I mean, I, I know love it. Say Circus isn't the most popular name on the list, but he's in all three universes. I got to take him. The love biggest it. volume pick on the draft. The biggest volume exactly. pick that we have. Four different roles. You're not going to find that anywhere else here. You're just not. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see. Um, I also had him in the second round, but I'm not mad at it in any sort of capacity. I think it's a great pick. Um, now, that is a volume pick where he has somewhat of a smaller role in four different projects. I will be taking, um, I think that there's really only two actors here that have two different roles that are both iconic, that are both great, not just in performance, but also in movie. I'm ta- you, you said Legend of Hollywood when you drafted this guy, uh, Andy Serkis, mm-hmm. Nevins. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the real Legend of Hollywood. I'm taking Mr. Mom himself with Michael Keaton. All right. I'm fucking Batman and I'm taking Michael Keaton. I'm taking the Vulture. I'm taking Bruce Wayne, the original Bruce Wayne, the godfather of modern day comic book movie characters. And then I'm taking top five. Ah, that's a that's something we need to revisit, I think. But a perennial top 10 MCU villain In the conversation. Top Adrian five, Toomes, sure, I would say. Vulture, the oh, best. Yeah. One of the best Spider-Man villains of all time. I'm going to say the best Spider-Man villain of all time. And alongside the iconic nature of him as Bruce Wayne as Batman, I got three movies under my belt here. Eh, Three and a half if you want to throw Morbius in. Nothing but bangers (laughs) across the board. Nothing but bangers across the board for Michael Keaton. I think he's the definition of this draft. He has an iconic role in two different universes. One hero, one villain, both great. I got Michael Keaton. I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, I'm really pissed. Love that. Thing. <laughs> that was a that, that was that was a great one. That was a very he was very on my great list. one. Uh, yeah, I am really pissed. Very I interested am. to see where you guys go um, after Keaton because I I really do feel like it's Keaton, another name, bit of a drop off. But after that, wild wild west out here, man. It's gonna yep. be interesting. David, I I am curious if your next name is Chris Evans, who is my uh, selection, Captain America, and Human Torch. I've got to say. He is iconic as Captain America throughout all of the MCU from first Avenger all the way to Avengers Endgame. He is one of those guys. I love him as Human Torch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he's so great as Johnny Storm. I have a soft spot for those movies. I love him, obviously, throughout both of those. I think, you know, I like the first movie better than the second one. But him as Human Torch is awesome. And to me, he played two, I, I mean, truly two iconic Marvel heroes. And one of them he is much more well-known for, probably a little bit better suited for. But I think for both of them, he is iconic in many ways, more so for Captain America, being really the anchor of the MCU for all those years, him and RDJ. So happy to get Chris Evans on my board. I do not think he would have gotten back to me. So I'm happy to take him here in the first round. I will say that I think Chris Evans holds the single best character on this list on our entire draft board. Like Cap. I think Captain America one or two, depending on, you know, where you're falling here, he's the single best character. So that holds it's first round value for sure. I'd be shocked if Chris Evans made it out of the first round. Didn't think Andy circus would go in the first round. So who knows, but <laughs> it's the fantastic four element. I think the, he is so much better than the movie. Not that the movie's, you know, dog shit by any means, but that's where it's going to drag him down from my other first round talents. But there's no denying that Chris Evans on a graphic is going to be the only thing people see in round one. And that's a very exciting thing. JR, your thoughts and then 
your first pick. My thoughts. I uh, first of all, I think that is totally appropriate for Chris Evans to go first round in this draft because mm-hmm. when you think of actors that have jumped between universes, Chris Evans has got to be one of the first ones that come to mind. When he was cast as Captain America, everyone said the same thing. Like, he's already been Human Torch. How's this going to work? What's going to yeah. happen? And now you look at it, and it seems so much more natural. But when he jumped from you know the the Fox Fantastic Four movies to the MCU and what it became. It, it was uh, such a leap for for a lot of fans to even grasp what was happening, you know. And so, yep. um, yeah, no, I mean, first round, easy, easy pick, and I'm I'm glad someone said it. Uh, for my first pick, and I'm so excited that I still have it um, because, like Matt said, there's really two names on this list that I think stand above all else, and he claimed one of them. I'm going to claim the other in Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, that's going to be my first pick. He is, in my opinion. The real king of Hollywood. I know we've already given that title to three out of these four names so far. (laughs) We're talking Chris Evans. (laughs) We are talking Nick Fury. There was an idea. We are talking Mace Windu. I was that dude. And I tell you guys this all the time. I was that dude on the block with the purple lightsaber. Sure. I was that dude with the lightsaber that said MF or on it, dude. Yeah. So with Samuel L. Jackson, you have this, this natural gravitas that comes to whatever project you're working on just with his presence you know you look at other franchises outside of this like kingsman and things where like they they work him in just to have his name in there and Mm -hmm. it elevates it you know and everyone kind of rises to his level and uh with a cinematic universe like the mcu you know we're we're how many years into this thing now 13 uh 15 or 15 years now and he's been a part of it since the start and they're still finding ways to make his character interesting. Um, you look at Mace Windu, he was, he was the most badass Jedi there was, you know, and he owned that. So, I mean, when it comes to Samuel L. Jackson, he's my clear first choice. Um, he's another not great much more to say about that. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, Jr. you mentioned with Chris Evans, like when you think of these characters, right? These actors that have been in multiple universes, Samuel L. Jackson's up there too, where it's like, Oh, right. He is he because he truly is Nick Fury. And then mm-hmm. he obviously is Mace Windu in Star Wars. And even though Mace Windu has a much smaller role, I think mm-hmm. part of it has mm-hmm. to do with the fact that Nick Fury is still around and he has in many ways like become the MCU. Like he it is like such a it, it is his whole career at this point, even though he does other things like he's still kicking it. And <laughs> badass for him, man. It's crazy. He was in the Marvels him him running around on that dumb ship. I'm like, how is he still doing this? Like, right. how is Samuel Jackson <laughs> still going? I can't wait to see him in an Avengers movie. That would be so wild. Yeah, couldn't lead a series though. Something to think about. No, Ooh. no. Ouch. Don't think it was his fault, but no. I don't think it was his fault at all. Is he the Justin right. Herbert no. of the MCU? <laughs> oh, I like That's that comparison, question, dude. He could. There's a lot of points. Question. Doesn't have a defense to back him up though. Yeah, the James Harden really of the MCU. He, ah. Who would Brandon Staley be? Who is who's the writer on that? I don't know. Oh no, no, it's uh, <laughs> uh the, the director, the director yeah. of Secret Invasion is Brandon Staley. That's yeah, that yeah. Is. right. Um, I you know I I hate on prequels a lot here, and I think that's okay. I think Mace Windu kind of stinks. Wow, oh, but he's badass. I mean, the purple Damn. lightsaber is undeniably awesome. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Obvious, the action in the prequels across the board, pretty awesome. What does Mace Windu really do? Ever? He was the I, he beheaded Jango Fett. He did. He did yeah. do that right in front of his son. Yeah, I will yeah, say, but he that was also badass. got his hands cut off. Underused. 
don't he know, was underused true. to a degree, and I I won't disagree there. But he was still badass at everything. Yeah, it's better than Clone right. Wars, but so is everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the purple lightsaber is like one of the best accessories any character's ever got. Like, like, right. like yes. the fact that, fact that the lightsaber is like S tier prop, and then he has the best one, undeniably. Ahsoka's the only one competing. It's awesome. It's very cool. Totally. Very Absolutely. Cool. David. Oh, no. JRB on the turn. Say, on the we're snake. still here. I've got another yeah. one. I've got another one in the chamber. I'll be happy to get it. I'm stoked because this was my one, two. So I had Sam L. Jackson at number one. My number two is Oscar Isaac. Nice. Okay. I oh. have him as Moon Knight. We yeah. have him as Poe from Star Wars. What we also have him in is Apocalypse from X-Men. Mm-hmm. What we also have him in is Spider-Man 2099 from Across the Spider-Verse. So this dude is yeah. doing it all. I don't know. I don't think he's dipped his toes into DC quite yet. I know there were some rumblings about him working on something with like a like an ex machina mm-hmm. spinoff or whatever. But um, it, with with Oscar Isaac, he carried that Moon Knight series. And even now, looking back at that series, people go, man, that series was kind of jumbled. That was kind of messy. But they tuned in for Oscar Isaac. He played how many characters in that show? Three. And I mean, it, he carried the series the, all the way through. And for a Marvel series that was set apart and probably the most isolated in the MCU out of most things they've done recently, he still brought a major amount of success to that show just for his name and his acting. And so I feel like he elevated the the standard for the Disney Plus series just from an acting standpoint and really got on the same level as someone like Elizabeth Olsen or Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. really fit into that universe and matched what was you know expected of him because fans have grown to expect that from the MCU. So uh, Oscar Isaac, I think everything that he dips into has been a success. And if I would definitely want him plugged into my universe as I, if I was starting something up. Hmm. For sure. Nevins, that's a name. I mean, it's Oscar Isaac. He matches your Andy Circus four roles. Absolutely. He was on my list. I was hoping he would make it to the second round, but I am not shocked that he didn't. Um, after his work in Spider-Verse and I mean, like Jerry said, Moon Knight was incredible largely because of Oscar Isaac. Um, he's one of everybody's favorite parts of the sequel trilogy. I hope he gets into DC someday. That would be a lot of fun to see him in. I don't know what role he would play, but I'm sure he would kill it at whatever he does. And that is a damn good pick. I wish I could have gotten him on my team. I'd argue the opening scenes to, um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi are two of the best scenes of the sequels, uh, all oh, three yeah. sequels. You know what I mean? And it's all Oscar Isaac. It's all Oscar Isaac being awesome. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where is my Pod Racer movie? And where is my Star Wars <laughs> Top Gun? Where's well, let's not forget the iconic words, man. Somehow Palpatine returned. Now that's the knock. He has that <laughs> on his record. He also he he is a, an integral part to two really bad movies in Rise of Skywalker and Apocalypse. But hey, yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, Miguel also sneaky. It's great. Um, this is this is getting intense here in the second round i'm very excited to see where david goes he looks stressed which i just want to point out for the audio listeners he does look stressed and i think that should influence his pick david your your shot here in the second round dude i am stressed i'm a i'm between <laughs> i'm between a few is the problem Twixt. and i'm not sure any will get back to me i guess i gotta play the game a little bit here the problem with this draft quickly is like god i love them in this role the other one not so much. Yeah, mm. I have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the exactly. fun play. I <laughs> love them. <laughs> I love Chris Evans' Human Torch, and I could back that 100%, right? Mm. Fuck it. I'm going with Christian Bale. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He did it. He did all it. Right, all right. 
I have to do it, man. I just had to do it. I think Christian Bale is still my Batman. I love Robert Pattinson as Batman. He was awesome. Batflick's fine. But Christian Bale is my Batman. I love how we have now two Batmans off the board. They can't help themselves by getting mixed in with Marvel in one way or another. But uh, yeah, Christian Bale is my choice. He's also gore, of course, in Love and Thunder, which for me, it is one of those things where he was great. I don't think anything that Bale did was bad. He just wasn't in the movie enough. They didn't give him enough mm-hmm. to chew on. Um, it really was yeah. a shame, especially hearing him like talk about creating the movie and why he joined and all these things. It's like, damn, you couldn't have given him just a little bit more backstory and just a little bit more to do and just literally kill. Um, but God, like I mentioned, the performance, the one performance of him as Batman in that universe where it was just a Nolan Batman universe, by the way, like he in many ways was the universe. He has to get taken on the board. I just you weren't gonna let me get to Batman. I think that's a big part. <laughs> I, if I could have well, walked away with Keaton and Bale, man, that, that would have been badass. That would have been yeah. really cool. Powerhouse. Actually. But I and I wanted Keaton, so there we uh-huh. go. Yeah. Um. You know, it's this was when he got cast as Gore the God Butcher. This was like <gasps> he's doing the thing. He's doing the thing. He never. He said he would never do. He's back in comic book movies. The thing is, the the only thing about Christian Bale is that he is so great as Bruce Wayne and Batman in those movies that it's just, it's a testament to how good those movies are that he's never the best character in any of those films. You know what I mean? Like, like he is, mm-hmm. he is a part of like such a great universe, but I, I, I think it's still a great pick because he is such a universe glue guy. Um, in those three movies, like he holds, uh, Liam Neeson, he holds, um, Heath Ledger, he Heath Ledger. Holds Tom Hardy, all, all names that could get picked, by the way. He holds those villains <laughs> all so there. well. They're all so different. And he is just such a great hero to those foils that really lead those movies. And I think it's a big testament. And then I thought he crushed his gore. I really did. Um, totally. He did. I'm he did good enough. Yeah, it's it's it, it happens. It happens, unfortunately, in the mar- you know, not, not to Michael Keaton, but it does happen to other people. Um, <laughs> That's true. I got my top two. You know, I'll just I'll I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, who's yeah, the other back. one? I'm uh, now I'm curious. There's like, who one is, other, yeah. there's who one is this person? other person, this mystery think... actor who has nailed both <laughs> roles so so well. Perfectly, he is perfect for both of these roles, like iconically perfect. Okay, he is the biggest bad there ever could be, and also Nebens's favorite villain, ladies and gentlemen, it's Josh Brolin. Okay. It's Thanos and Cable. Are you kidding? I get it's good. Thanos it's on good. the board, like and and you know we could talk about Thanos all day. That's fine. We 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 know how great Thanos is in that role, and how great and how good Josh Brolin does adapting to that CGI role. You really see him do his thing. We've talked about it nauseum. Him as Cable is such a one eighty. Him as Cable is such a different task. Him as Cable is such an old school Josh Brolin role. It's so awesome to see him have that depth and that and that breadth of. Uh, what he's given to do, you know, both serious, not crazy, but he's funny as Cable. He's not funny as Thanos. You know, he's gritty and realistic and kind of awesome and futuristic as Cable. He's none of that as Thanos. He's just an intimidating presence. He's a big purple alien. Josh Brolin, I think, is along with Michael Keaton, the only guy on this list, guy or girl, to truly, undefinitively nail both roles. You're not going to find a crossword about either. So I'm happy to have my top two. Nevins, I took, I, I took the Deadpool guy. <laughs> you you did take the Deadpool guy, and you know what's funny is 
that was a complete oversight on my part because that's one of those ones that I actually didn't even think about was Cable and mm-hmm. Thanos. And he was fantastic as both of them. Can't argue about that pick. But I do still have, as JRB said, a couple of good, good loaded up in the chamber. Um, I guess it's time for my pick. So I'm going to go back to back. And I'm going to go with – I've debated between two that have been in multiple universes. But I think I'm going to go with the one who's – Got a little bit higher of a, of a floor um, on this one. I, maybe I'll give you other ones an honorable mention. This one, she has uh, defined most of our childhoods. And right, she's defined it, a, a lot of our adulthoods as, as comic book movie fans. And I got to get uh, some Israeli representation. There's some Jewish representation in there with Miss Oscar winner, Natalie Portman. Um, I, I mean, I wish she had won an Oscar for any of the stuff that she did in these universes, but she is our Jane Foster, which she has done three different times and including the Endgame appearance. She is our Padme Amidala, one of the better parts of the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And a sneaky pick is that she has also been in a DC property, V for Vendetta, as Evie Hammond. One of her more underrated roles, one of her un- more underappreciated roles, but Beaver Vendetta is a lesser known DC property. And she and Hugo Weaving did that movie. Um, one of her fan favorite roles that everybody really, really likes her in. And, um, you know, I got to go Natalie Portman. I'm sure all four of us have had a crush on her at some point in our lives. And we spent a lot of years of watching movies. So uh, I got to go Natalie Portman on this draft. I mean, the name value is insane and it's something that's gonna you know i think if you would have switched your two picks around natalie portman first andy circus i think it'd be less shocking that's how big of a pick Mm. natalie portman here is at the turn um i tweeted this out the other day hacking my own tweet i guess but like every five years (laughs) natalie portman does something that makes me fall in love with her she did it when I was a kid. Anytime a new Star Wars movie came out, and then she was Jane Foster, and then she had that gif with I, when she's coming out of the pool with the sunglasses coming down. You guys seen that one? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Her, her new perfume commercial, man, she's got yeah. in her hair. She shortened up a little mom style, a little bit. She's glowing. She's wonderful. Natalie Dude. Portman, great pick. Yeah, she's awesome. And I will say, just I want to kind of call myself out. She is the only female I have on my big board on on my like tight big board like where I, yeah. these are the ones that i actually want to pick i know there are many others so representation in that way too because i don't know if i'm gonna get out of here with a woman because natalie portman in many ways she is the testament to her for being a female being a woman in these universes like she has had actually two iconic roles where many of them clearly go to men and obviously that sticks to the amount of you just you know, male-led heroes and things like that. But it is interesting. When you said that, I was kind of hoping she'd get back to me because kind of because of that reason, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, all right, he's a little, mm-hmm. you know, representation on here. It's a shame Amy Adams never got Black Widow, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we head into the third round. It's getting hot now. You know, we got three more rounds to go. Nebens, you got Andy Circus, you got Natalie Portman. Where else are you going? All right. I think we're we're kind of getting into where it's mostly people in two different franchises now. And, of course, since you picked Josh Brolin, I cannot go anywhere else than the guy I'm repping, Shit. than the guy I'm sitting on, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. <laughs> um, for, for those of you, that's going to sound really weird if you're not watching this as a video. No, it's I not weird if you like giant, it, Evans, but just own it. 
for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I have a giant Deadpool gaming chair that I use for all this stuff. But I have to go with Ryan Reynolds. Um, obviously, he played Green Lantern. He admits it. He killed himself in Deadpool 2 over it. Awesome. <laughs> um, which I think his work as Deadpool riffing on Green Lantern it really does. kind of retroactive, retroactively <laughs> makes Green Lantern a little bit better. It's not a great movie. He was fine. And he's classic Ryan Reynolds. But he is one of the most iconic matchups between actor and role ever. Um, yeah. And I'll I'll say that till the end of time. And I will be especially saying it when Deadpool 3 comes out next year is Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson. Um, I know he's only got two under his belt. He, he doesn't have a Star Wars or anything. But uh, Ryan Reynolds is just too good to pass up on a list like this, especially because he owns it so much that he was in both universes and that he's still going as Deadpool. So I got to go Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's like the definition of the pick where like he really only has one role holding him up here, but what a fucking role, right? If anyone's right. going to compete with Steve Rogers for best like single role on this list, it's Ryan Reynolds at Deadpool. Yeah. And and also, uh, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, so- I think would be the third. Right. Yeah. I think it's also important to mention, like, even though Green Lantern's not very good and he's perfectly fine, there is a certain iconicness mm-hmm. to it right where like we all way, know yeah. that role though that is a very notable popular role that he obviously played and like you mentioned nebens like did a whole riff on it and like it totally helps it builds him up for this draft that's for sure like we had the crossover in front of our faces yeah um quick quiz for everybody out there if you know the answer like oh, just because you know it off the top of your head don't guess but if you're gonna guess guess what year did green lantern release in theaters 2011. 2011. 2011. We've, we got Iron Man before that. What happened to Green Lantern? <laughs> crazy. Everything Absolutely else crazy. after Iron Man got better. Every single movie. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern, way of the past. That's crazy. Um, did not get the memo. It didn't. They didn't. They, they weren't on the thread. You know what I mean? They forgot to get added to the group chat. It's one of those. The we're internet going explorer in. of the superhero world. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Internet Explorer, way back. Um, (laughs) Here we are on third round. I'm in an interesting predicament, right? Because the top two tiers that I have here have been depleted. We have drafted them all, right? But a good amount of my next two tiers, pretty wide open. I had Oscar Isaac a little further down, I think. Um, So I'm in an interesting spot because there's one person here. I want this pick, but I'm not sure if it would get drafted so I can hold off. JRB is the one that's scaring me a little bit. I know David's not going this way, but I don't know with that. And you better not um, take another one. That amazing <laughs> you got there, you know, it's it's longer than the last time I saw you, right? And that, <laughs> and that concerns me because you got the flow going. I can't grow a beard. So I'm just going to go. With, just it's become about Matt. This has go become my heart. Matt's insecurity pod. <laughs> just, <laughs> homie, three, 250 episodes that's all it's been that's all it's been um david i'm going with my heart i'm getting my girl i'm sorry i have to it's it's Haley steinfeld it's Haley oh, steinfeld it's kate bishop look and spider gwen are you serious i mean when you talk about meteoric rise to Good stardom job. on this specific list kate bishop's a home run the new iron man of the mcu Shout out to Mambiani. Maybe a tag team. You know, who knows? Literally. Spider Gwen's the main the character movie. of Across the Spider-Verse. And she is wonderful. She's fantastic. She's my favorite part of that franchise. Mm. She's my fourth favorite Spider-Man. 
you know? And and that's just because Miles Morales has a video game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, man, uh, David, I tell you, I finished Spider-Man 2. It's fucking yes. great. Yeah. It's fucking great. But yeah. Haley Steinfeld's become one of my favorites over these past couple of years. I think she is perfect, and I mean perfect with a capital P and T um, as Kate Bishop. And her and Across the Spider-Verse as Spider-Gwen, all time. All time shit. Big fan. JR, was I right in my assumption that you were going to take her? You were absolutely right. It's like you're looking at my list. That was my number three. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, when when David was saying we got to get some more females on this list, I mm-hmm. I was like, I'm ready. And uh, I had her queued up and ready to go. Uh, yeah. And anything Haley Steinfeld touches turns to gold. I, I even watched the pitch perfect move, pitch perfect mm-hmm. movies because of her. Like it like everything she touches, man. It, Bumblebee. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. So good. Exactly. <laughs> so good. Um, I got to shout her out to, um, you know, SoCal resident, uh, some love there. She and I went to the same middle school, ironically enough, <laughs> which is actually pretty crazy. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the bottom few years older than her, but, uh, you know, SoCal Thousand Oaks, Agora Hills representation for Haley oh. Steinfeld. I'm so mad. I looked her over cause she's amazing. <laughs> I'm just so never happy. Make that mistake again. I never make a Haley Seinfeld nope. pick, and everybody's like, "Oh, great!" It's usually, David would be like, "Yeah, you know." No, that was <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, right now, great. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." No, <laughs> no. It's, it's well, I got to see where David's going now. Then. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, I. David, David has this is in my opinion. Here's the cliff. Here's where you have the world in front of you, and you could really pick anybody at this point. I have no idea where anybody's going next after this. Yeah. I'm here. I'm at the cliff and I have not made up my mind quite yet. Um, All right. <laughs> it, it's coming though. It's going to come in the next 30 seconds. I think the issue I'm having is what I was having before where it's like, God, like love them in one role, but like, really, you yeah. know, in this universe draft, like that yep. was a great call of Haley Steinfeld. Cause she's excellent in both, you know, like there is something to that. I think I looked over, animation voice acting a little bit on my list for sure that's just mm-hmm. classic me um because i just look over that shit all the time Hater of animation shout out of animation here i am <laughs> and it's uh screwing me because now i'm not sure where to go but you know what <laughs> blender god dang it i do not want to do this fuck Let's hear it oh go wow. michael b jordan Oh wow! Two human torches, two human torches. Representation, you double torchation. The human torches. He took them both. Killmonger (laughs) is so good. I just Killmonger is so good, and I love Michael B. Jordan. And while I could sit here and lie to you and say that he's a bright spot in Fantastic, he's really not. (laughs) He's not (laughs) awful. He's really not. But he's there. And you know what my argument is. If it wasn't for Human Torch and it, w- if it wasn't for being this terrible representation of Johnny Storm in a terrible movie, we would have never gotten Killmonger, even though we still might have. We would have never gotten Killmonger. And that's what I'm <laughs> going to say to myself as I pick Michael B. Jordan off the board in this draft where really for Michael B. Jordan, this isn't really the draft for him, but I'm no, doing it not. anyway. <laughs> Man, Jeremy. he is half the reason I watched that. That that Van Forstick, that he was half the reason I tuned in in the first place. So, like, even though he was very lackluster, he pulls that attention in. He's my least favorite part of that movie. Mm, really? Yeah, he's exceptionally he's bad. Yeah, he is tough to watch in that. Mm. It's yeah. it's not great. It's awful. I watched it on a plane, which is the it's best way great. to watch it. I think. Man, I should do that. What a um, 
this that was a panic pick, I have to imagine. But it, I do align it with Ryan Reynolds, though. You know what I mean? Like, right. Green Lantern's no it. better yeah. than than Forstick, but like, right. You do have that one iconic thing, truly and that iconic. Is no longer two yes. two entries of it as well, which are great. Oh not to gosh, mention, yeah. not to mention how much of a standout Killmonger is. What if? Which I think Michael B. Jordan was also voicing. Yeah, he did that. One of the better episodes of What If, right? The Killmonger, Tony Stark one, right? So mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, it's a pick. I thought he I was going to get drafted. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be the one to draft him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something with me just looking inside my brain a little bit about a name. Whereas like there's, sure. there's better there's better picks on here in terms of two roles by an actor that are more well done. <laughs> but it's like, dang, that's just a big splashy name. And uh obviously kill yeah. like Killmonger's back to the vulture thing, Thanos thing, one of the best MCU villains of all time. In the combo for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's Loki though, right? Like it's definitely Loki now at this point. <laughs> Is he even a villain? You know, that's, that's, that's the, the best thing. that's the best villain you can be if you're asking that question. Come on. Good point. Good point. Come on. <laughs> that, that, JRB. Sorry, JRB. Back to back picks, third and fourth round. You have to wait six more picks until you make your final. So this is this is where you plant your flag. This I'm, is where you make yeah, your I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Um, because one part of me wants to go with the name recognition, mm-hmm. you know, the name that's gonna get everybody excited. The other part of me wants to go with some of my favorite roles in any comic book movie. So I think that's where I'm gonna start. So my my third pick is gonna be J.K. Simmons. Oh. He is oh, J. Jonah Jameson. He is commissioner gordon and like like we were talking about earlier i think he embodied both of those characters perfectly I, especially j jonah jameson to a point where i see other iterations of that character and i go just why does he look like that it doesn't look like jk simmons like mm-hmm. it, he's become that role so much so that even the mcu is like we're not even gonna bother trying to recast that guy you know <laughs> but like even in the yeah. snyderverse when he was commissioner gordon it was such a small part compared to everything else you had in that movie and yet he brought such a, a strong presence to that role where it really felt like that was a huge part of of the Batman lore and he stepped up and he he covered that so JK Simmons has to be my number 3 David the fact that JK oh, Simmons sorry. is sorry sorry the fact that mm-hmm. JK Simmons is memorable at all in a movie like Justice League is a testament to him and how good he is in that role and exactly. obviously JJ Jameson is there's I don't know if anybody else will be able to play J. Jonah Jameson possibly ever. Like we've been we're all playing through Spider-Man 2. Like I'm playing through Spider-Man 2 actually right now. I can't think of it as anybody other than JK Simmons. It's not yeah. him in this game, and it bothers me a little bit. It's just an impression. Mm-hmm. It's just exactly an that's exactly what yeah, I was yeah, thinking exactly. of was the yeah, Spider-Man exactly. game one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the same exact guy. Yeah. It's yeah that's true. Uh, David, this is this this was your Raimi pick, I would have to imagine. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was the thing. I, I'm I'm sitting here realizing maybe I didn't play this right. You know, I, I didn't I couldn't read JRB. I didn't see this pick coming. And I think I think Michael B. Jordan would have been there waiting for me. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself over here because that is a great pick and a great universe pick. Because to me, Whiplash is there. J.K. Simmons is known as a universe guy. Let's not forget about Invincible. Invincible I mean, right. oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Hell great yeah. call. Ah, uh, yeah, damn it. Absolutely. It's getting better and better by the second. All right. All right. 
So as confident as I was in that pick, I, I will I will remain as confident in my fourth pick. And it's going to be the complete opposite of the spectrum, but for similar reasons. And it's going to be Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He is oh, yeah. Ghost Rider. Both times they tried to do it. He is uh, Spider-Man Noir. One, Spider-Man Noir was one of my favorite parts of Into the Spider-Verse. The, the Rubik's Cube, uh, the, the, I, I, I loved that role. And although I didn't watch The Flash, I have seen the clip of him as Superman. And I, and it's <laughs> yes. funny because he says, he's like, I don't even, I didn't even do any of that. Like, I, I just showed up and they, they, in the suit and then they made all that later. I still thought that was such an epic moment. And he hasn't he doesn't even have a history as Superman. It's simply the thought and the the implication that he was going to be Superman at one time carried him into this movie and created a cameo appearance because fans wanted to see it that bad. So yeah. Nicolas Cage has to be my number four pick. It's a fun pick. There's no doubt. It's our first fun pick. It's right? my wild card. Yeah. 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 And, um. I do think Spider-Man Noir is enough to carry it onto the board, at least. Right. You know, you ever burn a match down to your fingers just to remember that you feel something, you know, that kind of <laughs> <laughs> exactly. so good. great um, line. There's a great podcast yep. called All Fantasy Everything, where they draft everything. Right. As you guys can imagine, I listen to it a lot. And they have a they have an entire draft on movie roles that they would rather see Nick Cage play. <laughs> I have to buy <laughs> that for my, sure. My two favorite are the Twister and Twister. And um, uh, John Travolta's character in Face Off. That's right. Two Nick Cage. Yeah. Celebrate, everybody. We're rejoicing in the double Nick Cage. Um, it's a fun pick. Ghost Rider, not nearly as bad as people think it might be. It's actually decent. That's the first, the first one. one. Yeah. First one's good. Evil Longoria. Any thoughts on Nick Cage before David gets back into that batter's box, man? Um, I would pick Nick Cage for damn near at everything he is one of the only actors that can play a version of himself and it is it is convincing it is enthralling nick remember that one guys um david we're here you you're a little under the under the fire here i i don't want to be that guy but i will mention that this is around the time of year where you picked nba basketball as your favorite christmas thing which was a tough draft pick then. And here we are with Michael B. Jordan on the board. Redeem yourself. This is where we get back. This is where we win our money back, David. Right here. I will always defend NBA Christmas games being amazing. It was the one one ness of it all. It I'm was, with you. Yeah. I like you some NBA Christmas Nevins games. Evans is here. Let's go. It was tough. It was tough. <laughs> As I've gotten older, honestly, look forward to the basketball more than some other stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> Willem Dafoe is going to be my next there, pick. boy. There we go. There mentioned the whole Raimi thing earlier, sprung a little a little uh, radar in my head. I'm like, wait, I thought I had another <laughs> Raimi verse mm-hmm. character on here. Had to do it. I think this speaks to I'm kind of de- developing a, a theme of my team. Um, sure. Very much so, I would say, looking at my big board where <laughs> one, it's like 95% you think of the one role and like 5% the other one. Right. Um, so Willem Dafoe, <laughs> he's in Aquaman, if you forgot. He's that guy in Aquaman sitting there that with guy. the kid, Jason Momoa, whatever. Um, hell, if I even care about that role. Green Goblin <laughs> is an iconic, iconic character. <laughs> and the fact that he this pick wouldn't be here if it wasn't for No Way Home, I don't think. Because <laughs> sure, he is ama- nah. he's amazing in all three of the Raimi first movies because he sits there and he haunts Harry for a couple of films as well. 
But then we get him back in No Way Home, and he was the leading guy in No Way Home. And it was so amazing to see him turn it back on. After all those years, he's able to turn it back on. And I always now, which is truly crazy to think, I, I believe his most iconic role in the character is in No Way Home when the switch happens, the, the Spider-Verse scene, when Tom uh-huh. Holland's Peter Parker realizes oh, something's up. Some and then, Unbelievable. Um, so yeah, he's my pick. And for me, kind of once again, we were just mentioning it with, um, I forget who it was, uh, J.K. Simmons, where a universe guide me. Where it's like, oh my gosh, he is just, he is my Green Goblin. So yeah, happy mm-hmm. to get him on the board. Happy to have someone in the Ramiverse on my team, especially after I shouted them out to begin this segment. It's a great pick. You got back to your roots. I'm proud of you. That's what I do. Got back That's who to I am. <laughs> um, Willem Dafoe off the board. It's exciting times. Um, I'm going to get right to my pick if people don't mind, because I'm very excited that this man's still on the board. I can't believe David didn't take him. This is one of the names that David brought up when we thought about this draft. It's Ben mm. Mendelsohn as Kalos yes. Krennic and wow. John Daggett in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, mm-hmm. I think Talos is fantastic. How he went out sucks, obviously, but he is my favorite part of Captain Marvel. I think he is a standout in that movie. He is great and far from home uh, in that post credit scene. Um, you know, just a quick, you know, it's very embarrassing as a shapeshifter. <laughs> fine. Um, all that stuff. Um, him as Krennic in Rogue One is the just ideal Imperial Star Wars guy. Like one of our best Imperials of the Disney era of Star Wars, save for the woman from Andor, who is my favorite. Um, the blonde gal who started wow. figuring it out at the end. Oh, she is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, but no, so he's he's a great Imperial agent. He's awesome as Talos. And John Daggett has one of my favorite lines in the history of comic book movies. Can we get some girls in here? And um, <laughs> that will forever be one of my favorite things to say. Anytime someone says, man, this party's dead. Can we get some girls in here? Um, ben Mendelsohn, go. I think go. this is a wonderful pick. It's funny, Matt. Um, I did shout him out before. I don't know why he, he is on my list for sure. Maybe should have taken him. And this is this is exactly the pick that I just haven't I haven't been doing today for whatever reason. I've been going with kind of the one the one trick ponies, and Mendelssohn is not that. Like between Talos, I think Krennic is his best universe role. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's a conversation, right? Yeah. We got a nice little pie chart of Mendelssohn and all of these. So shout out to the pick. I think it's an awesome awesome selection and. Maybe he'll be in more. Bring him back to DC. You know, he's he's out of Marvel oh, now. Yeah. Bring him back to DC. Love it. You love to see it. Um, here we are. We're getting into the last turn here. Nevins, Man. your fourth and final picks, as it is a Serpentine draft. Wow. You, you've left me with some tough, tough choices. There are about four or five people that I am debating with between for my last two picks. But I think I'm going to narrow it down. Actually, that last pick did help me a little bit with Ben Mendelsohn because uh, his uh, Batman role did have a very important scene opposite the guy who I think I am going to take with my next pick. He's done the Marvel thing. He has done the DC thing. I am going with Tom Hardy. Um, he was obviously Bane in uh, in The Dark Knight Rises, one of the better parts of that movie, terrifying villain. One of, as a guy who tries to be an amateur voiceover guy, one of the hardest voices ever to do, him and him and Heath Ledger. And he is one of the most fun characters ever. I won't lie, as Venom. Like, 
I can't remember. Like we, we say, we have a soft spot for the old Fantastic Four movies. The Venom movies have kind of a special place in my heart, mostly because of the relationship between Eddie Brock and Venom. I mean, Venom is kind of one of my favorite voices ever to break out. Dude, yeah, Lethal, you thought Lethal Protector was a shit name. Um, <laughs> came um, out of nowhere. Oh, that was, that was too good. <laughs> you, you might have a little Venom just, in that beard there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Crawl it up your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but Tom Hardy is just so much fun in that role. He's really, really good as Bane. I hope we get him in the Star Wars universe someday because I think he could play a really good, especially like a villain kind of guy, maybe in Star Wars, or even like some kind of crazy anti-hero, maybe along the lines of like Sam Jackson based window or something. That's just that's going on a whole other path of fan cats that I'm not ready to go down yet. But I'm gonna go with Tom Hardy for my next pick. Classic anti-hero base window. Um, Tom Hardy, uh, <laughs> another one of those guys that you think of when you think of two universes, because it was so close together, too. That's the thing. Yes, uh, exactly. Dark Knight Rises 2014, Venom 2017? 2012 and 2018. 18. Uh, 18. 18, yeah. Not, not yes. close at all. Very far away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, close enough. Plenty of time. It, it's, in, it's in the same An decade. asshole of I. 2018, Venom? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. I was in college. That's how I... That's how... I made those connections. Bad movie. Stop talking, um, David. Just, no. just, just stop talking. <laughs> 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 you were in college. I was in college for Dark Knight Rises. Oh, oh, wow. I was in, I was in full middle circle school. right there. That's full circle. <laughs> yeah. Who was in college for, uh, uh, can't think of another Tom Hardy movie. Couldn't do it. Tried to. Bad <laughs> Max. Ran away from me. Lawless. <laughs> oh, I love Lawless. I love Lawless. Lawless is great. Um, Tom Hardy off the board, another one of those guys for sure. Neb is your final pick, rounding out your team here in the fifth round of the multi universe draft. All right, and again, it, this is such a hard pick because I've, I've got I've got two that I'm thinking of who have actually been in all three. Um, but I, there's one with two live action roles and one with two voiceover roles. So I think for the purposes of this draft, I'm going to lean toward the live action. I'm definitely going to get the honorable mention later. Um, I mean, I can't believe I'm actually getting possibly some of the only female representation on my team um, because she has just been awesome. She is a recent pick, um, and I am going with Rosario Dawson. Hey, um, hey, let's <laughs> she go. She was obviously Ahsoka Tano in the Mandoverse. She has done a fantastic job as Ahsoka Tano. She's everybody's favorite night nurse, Claire Temple, in the Netflix universe for Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. And she also has a sneaky, fun DC role as Barbara Gordon Batgirl in uh, the Lego Batman movie, where she is quite a lot of fun. Um, I gotta say, Will Arnett is arguably my favorite Batman. Um, I I just love that version of the character so much. That movie is just great. Great movie. Um, I don't know about I, that. I just have a it's like he's at least up there for me. I I don't know if I could put him at the top. I'd, I'd put I him top three for me. Yeah, really. He's, he's you guys liked three. it? Ah, yeah, it takes me out of the movie in a way. I, oh, I see, that's it. what I love about it. It's so bonkers, right? It's outrageous. I, it is Legos. Super, super the fact that he's doing a Christian Bale impression, you know what I mean? But it's Will Arnett, <laughs> right. so it's just his voice. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the whole thing's exactly. just a joke. Like <laughs> it's yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they embrace it. Um, oh, so so Rosario Dawson. <laughs> yeah, is just fantastic. And she's got Men in Black on her resume, and she's got so many other incredible franchises. Actually, the reason I thought about her 
I just start, watched Percy Jackson for the first time this weekend. Finally getting mm, into Percy Jackson oh, craze, and funny. she is in the first movie. Um, I mean, that's obviously funny. not a great movie, but I am very excited for the series, and I'm going with Rosaria Dawson for my pick. She was one I struggled with a lot. I, she was definitely on my list because she was, for a long time, the glue that held the Marvel Netflix series yeah. together. Yeah, She was, was the familiar face that you saw from series to series, and even in you know Iron Fist and Luke Cage and the later seasons, like it, that was what kind of bled all together was yeah was, was claire she made me so happy in that universe because mm-hmm. it's like all right yeah right you know this is all connected and she was in, i think she was in every single season of she every yeah. every time she came she up always there yeah i love that i can't that was, remember she was in punisher or not but i think she right. was at one that was a smart i, I want to say she that. was yeah no it, yeah that was a really really awesome pick especially with her recent stint as ahsoka with all the star wars fans just eating that up it was uh wow yeah, really Ahsoka, good. you know, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. And, you know, the internet has talked about how people didn't love her in the first few episodes of that show, but Rosario Dawson is what won people over when the mm-hmm. uh, Christian Haydenson uh, turn happened and then we moved on from there. Um, Christian Haydenson. Christian Haydenson. I love that. Hayden Christian. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't ignore it. When you Sorry. said Rosario Dawson was a bit of black, I'm like, that was definitely Tessa Thompson, right? But no, she was the girlfriend of a bit of black. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Number two. Not the new totally one. Yeah. Forgot. Totally forgot. Oh, man. <laughs> Showing your age a little. Oh, hey, homie. Yeah. I was in theaters for Men in Black, too. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, here we go. I'm going to round out my team. Um, I got, I got a. One of those where, you know, I could pick up my heart. I could pick with what I think the poll would like a little more. Oh. I'm going to go with that. I watched the movie last night. I watched it last night. Guardians oh. of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh. Chuck Woody Awuji as the really high nice. evolutionary. And then also Mern from Peacemaker. Um, nice. It's very recent. It's definitely yeah. my most, you know, low-key pick here. But he is incredible as the high evolutionary. I think he is one of the bright spots of um, phase five and a very, very heavy contender for villain of the year, the direct awards. Um, And then you go back to Peacemaker guys. (laughs) I love that show. And I think it's something that we've forgotten that how great Peacemaker was week by week and Mern low key, like, you know, being that early reveal into this like suspicious, you know, like two episodes of like, how do they not know that this guy's the guy kind of thing? Crushed it, I thought. And it was just so exciting to see him get that second shot and guard second shot, but like get another shot at villain and guardians. He's obviously a James Gunn guy. And, you know, you guys know I love James Gunn. So I wanted to get a James Gunn pick. James Gunn connects a lot of his universes with the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker and everything he's done with Guardians. So um, I'm very excited to get him here. I would just watch the movie last night, guys. He is on top of the world. You know, what I mean, there is no God. That's why I stepped in. Like that's that's a top, God. So top three MCU movie for me. That is an Crazy absolute line. guy. Top five for me as well, Nevin. So yeah, I'm very excited to get Chuck, Chuck Woody Awuji here as my only low key pick. I feel like. Yeah. Good. Good one. And it's funny. I'm I'm up right. Yes. I've yeah. almost lost the order in my head now. Oh, uh, speaking of the James Gunn connection, that's where I'm sticking. Idris Elba. Uh, mm-hmm. He's Heimdall, an iconic role as Heimdall, really. Not the biggest thing, kind of forgettable at times. Uh, finally gets some action in Ragnarok and uh, even a little guest appearance in Love and Thunder. But definitely, you know, there for the <laughs> entire thing. 
and he's really good in that role. And then Bloodsport kind of coming out of nowhere in the Suicide Squad and is awesome as Bloodsport. Like such a great, great character going head to head near the end of that movie with John Cena and just loved that film and just kind of getting those connections is really cool and seeing him be able to dive back into comic book movies in this R-rated, James Gunn, violent, funny like role was really cool and such an awesome. It's cool with some of these that we've picked today when the roles are vastly different, you know, yeah. like some, some are similar. Some it's like, all right, like, like Mendelssohn got it. Cool. You know, same guy. Yep. Yeah. Right. And then we have others where it's like, Whoa, radically different. Um, I think that's kind of what we got with Elba there. So happy with that pick. And that's my most, I would say well-rounded pick where honestly, I prefer him as blood sport in that one, you know, just that one appearance. So. Save yeah, for maybe Oscar role. Isaac. This might be the most polarizing two roles. Somebody has on here between Bloodsport and Heimdall. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I think Oscar yeah. Isaac might have that range covered here. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, but, if, but, if but you forget about one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to be far away from nothing. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that a line in the movie? <laughs> it could be. It might be. Man, I just want to race cars, like, dude. No, okay, I'll go to space. <laughs> Yeah, all right. It's <laughs> a very poorly written um, movie. That is, is a, that is probably the, just one of the awful. worst written comic book movies, I would say. Yeah. yeah like, how did that get greenlit? Supremely bad. That was they, they no, no, because they needed to make a movie not to lose the IP. Well, okay, yeah. Yep. That, that is the how. You're right. <laughs> that is the reason. <laughs> yeah. Good point. All right, Early Jeremy. Of Chat GPT. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. So my last. I, I had about three picks left that I was super confident in, and two of them just got taken in that last round. So um, my, for my last pick, I want to go with a guy who, although his roles might not be as large as others until recently, um, someone who brings the enthusiasm enthusiasm and the personality and the, the comic book lovingness that I can relate to in Zachary Levi. Um, every time I see him pop up, I get super happy. Uh, you know, Biff Tarkin in Star Wars, pretty cool that he's in a Star Wars movie, being the nerd that he is. Fandral in Marvel, I, in my opinion, he is the superior Fandral. And that's why they brought him back for Ragnarok, <laughs> so that Hela could, you know, kill him off in five seconds. But <laughs> to me, Zachary <laughs> Levi is my Fandral. And um, you hearing the stories of kind of how he's been, you know, maybe done a little dirty over the years with Marvel, you know, promised one thing, given another. Then he got his role as Shazam. And I don't know if there's another DC actor other than maybe Jason Momoa or arguably Henry Cavill when he was doing it that committed as hard to his role and loved his role as much as Zachary Levi loved being Shazam. And I I, I don't know. I, I think it's truly just the 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 enthusiasm standpoint that's that's selling it for me. And the fact that uh, Haley Steinfeld and Idris Elba both got taken, um, I am gonna, <laughs> I am gonna land on Zachary Levi as my final pick in the draft. I need to step in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I love him in Shazam, the first one. I think he's wonderful. I think he is an incredible addition to the DCEU. And and I agree with you on all the lines of the first Shazam movie. The second one, not his fault. Really bad uh, writing. In that movie, across just, the board, just, yeah, not Aww. just with Billy Batson. Also, he looks like fifty in that second one. But we to don't say, need to talk about that. To say that him and Henry Cavill and who else? Jason Momoa. Momoa. Jason Momoa. 
You're forgetting one of the GOAT comic book castings of all time. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Where's the Margot love? Yes. I think yes. she's, on, she's on RDJ level shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I definitely should have mentioned Margot Robbie. I've, if, if there's any DC character that an actress has embodied, um, it, yeah, I mean, she, she did it perfectly. How dare you talk about Zachary Levi and not mention Margot Robbie? <laughs> I know. How dare I? What was I thinking? No. Um, him in that first Shazam movie is pitch perfect stuff. It really is. Love Zachary Levi. I actually just watched him in Tangled the other day. Um, he's fantastic in that. Oh yes, and I'm glad you and I'm glad you got him, JRB. Uh, he was a, a fantastic villain in the first Psych movie. Also, you and I yes. uh, love yeah. him for that. He's his range. I got to say, is fantastic. Like just all across the board. Oh, Chuck um, is one of my all time favorites. Chuck is good, and he's done everything under the sun since then, and it's all great to me. Fantastic. Fandral low key a bigger part of uh, Dark World than people remember. Like as far okay. as Warriors so Three go, Fandral like he's he's in there. He's doing the thing. Oh yeah, um, love dancing on the floating boats and everything. Yeah, all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. That is our draft. We'll get into honorable mentions, but first, Nevins came away with Andy Circus, Natalie Portman, Ryan Reynolds, Tom Hardy, and Rosario Dawson. I came away with Michael Keaton, Josh Brolin, Haley Steinfeld, Ben Mendelsohn, and Chuck Woody Awuji. Love it, David. Chris Evans, Christian Bale, started off hot. Michael B. Jordan, Willem Dafoe, Idris Elba. Great team. Um, and then JRB in his return to the direct podcast. Samuel L. Jackson, Oscar Isaac, J.K. Simmons, Nicholas Cage, and Zachary Levi, the first. Um, honorable mentions. Does anybody have any, you know, handfuls that they left off their board? Uh, quick one, Stellan Skarsgård. Yep. Shout out. Yep. Um, especially yes. bringing in that Andor performance. Peter, Peter Dinklage, who... Yep. I couldn't pick him. Love Peter Dinklage has mm -hmm. been in everything. Don't yeah. love these roles all the time. You know, like I didn't love him in uh, X-Men. I didn't Trask? love that. Yeah, I don't know. I th I just that wasn't my thing for, for whatever better reason. of those movies. But he's not in it a lot. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It wasn't a lot of time. Right? I think that's exactly yeah, he what didn't it get is. a lot. He's that's not a big one dimensional. Movie. He's big not in. Movie. Yeah, he's not in the movies, I guess, as much. But yeah, shout out. Uh, and then just I think. Paul Bettany was the one oh, that yeah. I almost picked. And that was who I Definitely. was between there with him and Idris Alba because I would arguably iconic role as Vision. And then Dryden Voss, yeah. I think, is Definitely. really good in solo. I actually really like that movie. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh JRB. Um, yeah, I one that I wouldn't have picked personally, but needs to be said is Ben Affleck, you know, Batman, you know, DC, mm -hmm. Batfleck, also Daredevil, the failed experiment. Um, but I, I, I think he's another name that goes up there with like, you know, the Chris Evans, Michael B. Jordan guys who have exactly. done both really major roles in respective universes. Um, and then my wild card, if I hadn't gotten Nicolas Cage would have been, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, oh, yeah. you know, she's jumped through multiple Marvel franchises at this point. She voiced Mary Jane Watson in into the mm -hmm. spider verse, which is super cool. Um, you know, so many yeah. names in that movie that you don't even realize Zoe Kravitz is, is MJ, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and as Catwoman, I come on. So that, think, those would be mine. Yeah. You have any Richard? I've got a few actually <laughs> love it. That's love a great it, shirt. That is a great Zoe Kravitz shirt. Thank you. Thank you. As Catwoman. I, I have a couple for different reasons. Um, Mark Hamill, mm -hmm. arguably the most yeah. iconic like Good actor one. to role as Luke Skywalker. Also, as the Joker in Top DC, yes. but he is, but it's only a voiceover role. 
And he's done, I think he was Zola in a couple of animated Marvel yes. things. Avengers uh, I mean, yeah, Mark Hamill, low-key, one of the greatest voice actors ever, on top mm-hmm. of being the Skywalker. Um, yeah. Ming-Na Wen, another one. Uh, Fennec Shand in the Star Wars universe. And everybody's favorite, Melinda May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think nope. she maybe has a, a DC credit on her, on her resume, too. I can't remember. Um, there, was a, there was a couple of those. Oh, Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Um, has done all of them. Yeah. Korg, um, IG-11, and um, Ratcatcher 1, and he's directed um, at least in two of the franchises, in Marvel and DC. Forgot about Ratcatcher 1! Ratcatcher. And- Dude, when he popped up in that movie, <laughs> so I started dying good, laughing. OG I was the Rat one catcher. person that laughed in that theater, and I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those, those are mine. I, I gotta go with those three. Mark Hamill, Ming-Na Wen, and um, Taika Waititi. Good yeah. jump into my list. Uh, Daniela Melquire, who's Redcatcher 2 and in Guardians 3, I watched last night. Ura. Oh, yeah. She's yes. a stunning oh, yeah. human being. Yeah. Um, yes. Dan Deathmatchian. Pink skin. Dan yes. Deathmatchian. Yep. David Deathmatchian. Man, the mental patient from Dark Knight. He's great. I, he, was, he was the next one on my list. I interviewed him in March. He is an absolute delight to delight talk to. Him. Probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Check that out on the rec.com. Um, in Ant Man and Dark Knight. He's amazing. He's fantastic. He's Beb. Um, we covered the rest of my list except for two. One that you might not notice, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Obviously as Nakia and Maz Kanata. Um, yes. Her aquatic soldier suit in Wakanda Forever. One of the best oh, the person's ever looked in a movie. So cool. Insane. Um, and then my last honorable mention that I want to close this out. She is a young up-and-coming star in the multi-universe game. She is an all-time no, internet person. She was starring in the hit movie Barbie this year. Adriana Greenblatt, who played oh, young Mora and young Zoe, yep. the goat yep. of young. And um, she's also in Bad Moms 2, the Christmas movie, which I'm going to watch <laughs> with my wife. And she is <laughs> phenomenal in that movie. Holy fucking shit. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, that is awesome. Quickly, that Matt, I, I got to shout out one more. Or two more. Sorry. Lawrence oh. Fishburne, yep, Harry White, yes. and also Water. an Ant Man, um, and Silver exactly. Surfer, yep, and Silver Surfer, and Silver Surfer. Wow, that's a good voice, at least. Um, and then Sean Gunn, yeah. who just Go goes Sean. around yes. and squats Go. around as Rocket Raccoon everywhere, and is going to be Crypto the Dog probably, like on all <laughs> <laughs> his, his hands and knees. And we're going to see those photos, him and Corin Sweat. Shout out Sean Gunn, dude! Like, he but he's does, also he Weasel. Work. He is. Oh weasel. my god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna be. Uh, he's voicing. Something. He's voicing Craglin. something in the new one. Um, in a creature he's commandos. two characters. Creature commandos. Craglin, or, no, in uh, and yeah, the GI robot. I think yeah, GI robot. And weasel. weasel. Yes, that's exactly it. So, yeah, shout out Sean Gunn, man, <laughs> doing the most. Yeah, Very Sean awesome. Gunn's the just man. watch Sean, Sean Gunn's gonna do the mocap and David Dasmalchian's gonna do the, the, the voice because he advocated for himself <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah yeah shout out Sean Gunn shout out Gilmore Girls right you know yes Kirk <laughs> you know, doing the, the damn thing together. Uh, Nebens before we get out of here what can the people look out for from you over on the direct.com hopefully a lot um, I have been spending this past week catching up on a ton of stuff I'm realizing like I need to kind of branch out into the like the real world of like movies and shows and stuff. So I've caught up on this past week. I did Invincible. I started on um, Virgin River on Netflix. 
Um, and I did a, a few other things, but I'm going to be writing a lot, hopefully, for the direct.com. Check me out on Twitter at, um, at Richard Nevins, um, Instagram and, and TikTok, too. But I'm going to be hopefully be pretty busy here in the next few weeks and months and uh, always always looking to write new stuff at the direct.com. Absolutely. Happy Hanukkah to you and yours, my guy, JRB. What do you got going on? How's Chicagoland, man? Chicagoland's cold. It's really cold here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, we got snow now, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, Invincible, yeah, Richard, um, we are really paying close attention to Invincible. Uh, they just had their midseason finale. It's been awesome. I've been writing about that at thedirect.com. Uh, we should be getting the back half of the season in the next couple months, so hopefully I'll be uh, writing about it then as well. Um, check it out at JRB underscore direct on Twitter or X or whatever you call it. We uh, The Twitter. artist formerly known as Twitter is what we refer to here. I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. And David, when can the people hear us next? Next Monday, dude. We're back. Next, next Monday, we're back in maybe a bracket? Something. This draft was a lot of fun. We hadn't had a big time draft like this in a while. I was nervous. I didn't know what I was going to do. It, it was just classic draft for me. I, I never know what I'm going to do post like pick one, honestly. Willem Dafoe is huge <laughs> for you after JK went off the board. Yeah, yes. dude, I want I want a JK bad. The, honestly, like quickly just on this draft before we actually get out of here. Uh, <laughs> just ha- <laughs> have to mention really wanted JK and really wanted Ryan Reynolds. That was the one that was like, damn. Because if I had Chris Evans, Christian Bale, and Ryan Reynolds, mm, that's I really wanted Oscar Isaac personally. The ninety-five-five but... ratio for me, but God, <laughs> are they perfect in those one rolls? Man, it's not a good draft unless everybody gets burned once, right? No, no, right. I got every single person I wanted, so I'm fine. <laughs> oh my damn! <laughs> of course, of Maybe course, you went second, and still got everything you needed. Am I the bad guy? Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, we'll see you next time.